0: Hey, what's up, podcast? This is your host Mafuz Chowdhury. Happy Monday! Hope you're having a great start to the week, especially after that first taste of the polar vortex that we just experienced over the course of the weekend. If you're anywhere in the vicinity of the Greater Toronto Area, or you're experiencing anything similar to what we just went through, please be safe. Please take your time. You know, ride with me, but ride with me slowly and carefully and I hope you have an incredible start to this week. And listeners, before I even do a deep dive into today's episode, I just want to take a quick moment on behalf of my girlfriend and myself to give you a massive thank you for all the love that we've received over the course of last week. You know, when we released the episode, Let's Talk Relationships, I have to be completely honest with you. I woke up the morning on the release date with a massive anxiety I was freaking out on the inside, knowing that the episode and my story was public. You know, I was swimming in unknown territories. I was sharing parts of my life that I never do. And I was really opening up about something that's very difficult to talk about. And that feeling, that punch in the gut feeling disappeared very quickly when I started seeing all the messages that were coming in about people that can relate to it. All the shares of the episode because of how much it impacted you and the analytics gosh the analytics you know that episode in the seven days that it's been out has received more downloads than any episode has received in the year 2020 and it currently resides on the top 10 most listened to episode on the ride with me podcast series so on behalf of my girlfriend and myself thank you so much I can't tell you how much that means to me. And if anything, it's really shown a green light towards two major things that I've been trying to drive home this year. Number one, the emphasis of talking about relationships. You know, everybody is going through it. Everyone is having challenges, but only a few people are talking about it and that concerns me. And from all the messages that I've received from last week's episode about people that can relate to it, people that broke down crying because they felt it, people that really felt like this needed to be talked about and are so grateful that someone finally did it, those are all validations over and over again that this is a hot topic. And I hope, if anything, it encourages you to also open up about yours so that we can bring our ideas and experiences together and grow as better human beings. And number two, that big push that I put since day one about owning you, about being yourself and truly putting yourself out there, not worried about what other people are going to think, just positioning your story in the best way that you know how and letting the world really benefit and gain value from it. Once again, you've showed me through analytics and messages and shares and comments and likes and whatever metric you wanna use, all of them have spoken the same thing, which is you want more of that. You want more of the raw, you want more of the personal unique style, one-of-a-kind, whatever terminology you want to use. Listeners, I hear you. I may be the one speaking, but I hear you loud and clear. So thank you so much for all that love, and let's get into today's episode. You know, I started the episode talking about a little bit on the bad news side. You know, it was a snowstorm out here. We spent a lot of time shoveling. I was slipping and sliding all over the place. So let me throw a little bit of weekend good news for you. As a diehard Toronto Raptors fan, there was a big announcement made over the weekend after the NBA draft was complete. And we found out that we were once again able to secure Fred Van Vliet, which is my favorite player on the Toronto Raptors. And I'm beyond excited about it. I think it's incredible that we were able to secure him after how much he's developed as a player and how high in demand he is. It just made me extremely proud and excited to see what unfolds this year as I see him only getting better and doing much more damage in the NBA. So it was a good weekend for Toronto Raptors fans. But the reason I brought that up is because I want to use his philosophy and his mantra as my lead-in of today's discussion. Fred Van Vliet, young Freddy, has this popular saying that he says, and you can see it always on his Instagram. You can see it always on Toronto Raptors' Instagram, on all his marketing materials. He says it over and over again. Three simple words, bet on yourself. And I love that philosophy for so many reasons that applies to my own life. But before I get into that component, I just want to start with Freddy's life. I want to start with what that means and why that's so significant on Freddie's execution in the NBA. For those of you that knows Fred Van Vliet's story, four years ago, Fred had some traumatic news from the NBA where he found out that he was not being drafted by the NBA and he had this huge party waiting for him all his friends all his families gathered together to really celebrate the fact that freddie was getting drafted by the nba which was a lifetime goal for him and he decided to get up on stage and make a speech announcing to the group announcing to the audience that he wasn't being drafted this year and you know what as a matter of fact i'm gonna go right now and find you that audio clip check it out so yeah. I had a chance to get drafted, uh, but they were talking about putting me in the D league for two to three years. You know, slaving away for twenty thousand a year, ten thousand a year. Good, uh, those down. You know, I bet on myself. Uh, it's been a long process. Uh, right now, I just want to celebrate the process, man. What I've been through, the grind. Uh, Eighteen cities in about thirty days. So, uh, proud of myself for that. So. Obviously, everybody's dreaming to get drafted. You I know, was a kid growing up, um, everybody's going to get picked. But at the end of the day, man, it's about making money. Well, I was disappointed, but I just want to thank everybody for coming out. Um, All right. All right. Definitely going to drink a lot tonight. Uh, let <laughs> process. Um, again, just thank everybody for coming out. Uh, my story going to end here. Right. It's just right. the beginning. It does makes sense. You know, the speech just has so much more clout when you know exactly how the story ends. That speech was four years ago. And since then, Freddie went through the G League to work his way up into the NBA. He joined the Toronto Raptors. And last year... He worked with the Toronto Raptors, you know, bleeding on the court, chipping his tooth, truly giving his blood, sweat and tears in the NBA finals and helped the Toronto Raptors secure their first ever NBA championship. And this past weekend, we just found out the Toronto Raptors have re-signed him for an $85 million contract, which is the highest contract ever earned by an undrafted player in NBA history. What are your thoughts on that? How poetic does that sound? And it sounds so beautiful. You know, you learn to appreciate the speech enough because you really understand that four years ago, no matter how bad things looked, no matter how much people would have doubted themselves, he still put himself out there. But we really appreciate the speech because we know how the story ends. But listen to this part again. And this time, I want you to think about someone that hasn't achieved what happened over the last four years? Someone that was still in the position where they're standing on stage and telling their friends, "Don't worry, I'm betting myself. Odds have always been against me. I'll be all right." Listen to that part of the speech again, as if he didn't know what was going to happen in the next four years. Check it out. Obviously, everybody to get picked, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, it's about making money. Well, I was so disappointed, but I just want to thank everybody for coming out. Um, All right. All right. Definitely going to drink a lot tonight. Yes. Uh, enjoy this process. Um, again, just thank everybody for coming out. Uh, my story going to end here. It's right. just right. the beginning. Right. Uh, it already really sense for my story, i did give um, I've been against the odds my whole life, and uh, it's not going to stop now. Yeah, it's a little scary when you don't know that there's a happy ending at the end of that speech, isn't it? When you have to get up in front of your friends and your family members and let them know that you hit a roadblock in your dream. But you're going to keep betting on yourself even though all odds are against you. And this is why Fred Van Vliet is my favorite player in the Toronto Raptors Not just because of the audacity of getting in front of the room and making such a bold statement in front of his loved ones on a bad day. You know, this was the day he found out he wasn't even getting drafted. Imagine that. But also, the fact that he was able to follow through on his promise, the execution, doing exactly what he said he was going to do and not letting self-doubt Talk him off the stage. Imagine he got up in front of that stage after he found out he wasn't getting drafted. Imagine he put the basketball down and walked off stage and got a day job in something that he hates. Listeners, I don't care if you don't know anything about basketball. I don't care if you don't even know who Fred Van Vliet is. You know, you might have tapped on this podcast thinking I'm talking about Fred Flintstones for all I know. It's all good. But please don't discount the fact that it was his betting, betting on himself and the elimination of self-doubt that allowed him to get to a monumental moment in his career and the history that we got to experience over the course of the weekend. And I think about our lives. I think about how many things in our life that we knew we wanted to do, we were extremely passionate about, but because things didn't pan out, we immediately got filled with self-doubt and we walked away from this opportunity. Maybe things didn't work out in the first attempt. Heck, maybe things didn't work out in our 24th attempt. But the idea of walking away from your dream is something that hurts me deeply. And sometimes this isn't even because of the outcome. Sometimes it's because of the voices in our heads. You know, I think about loved ones and their opinions. And this is a very iffy situation because you love them and you value their opinions, you know they mean the best for you, But sometimes you have to consider that maybe that they're not the subject matter expert on this specific goal, on this specific item in your list. You know, I think about when we first came to this country and I decided that I wanted to go all in on being a digital marketer. You know, my parents being traditional South Asian parents that didn't know anything about marketing had big aspirations for me to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, you know, all the classic things that a South Asian parent that's conservative would really want from their kids. But I had to sit down and reassess and ask myself, did they know anything about the industry? Did they know enough about marketing to know that it's not the right move? And based on that, I went all in on my passion and decided that this is what I wanted to do. And it bothers me. It bothers me when I see so many people giving up on their dream and stop betting on themselves and start working on their weaknesses and doing things that make them unhappy. It hurts me deeply, and this is why I've made this a big part of my talk this year. You know, if you've seen me speak on stage over the course of the last two years or deliver webinars, I've been speaking a lot about betting on your strengths. Which is very similar to what Freddie talks about, and I talk a lot about betting on your strengths and not caring about your weakness. And the idea I try to drive home is the idea that it takes ten thousand hours to become a master at your craft. So whatever it is that you want to do, you know, let's talk poker, being that it's a theme around the concept of betting. You know, I I'm very heavily involved in the poker community. I've been watching the show. I've been involved in tournaments. And one thing that I picked up was the idea that everyone is trying to clock in their hours. That's one of the biggest things that poker players try to do. They try to clock in as much time at the table in order to become a master at their craft, get to that 10,000 hours as quickly as they can so they can call themselves a master at the game and truly make lucrative moves in their career. And I asked myself, how many things in our life do we put 10,000 hours into? You know, let's talk about full-time jobs. We do 40 hours a week as a full-time job. That's the average. Let's say 40 hours a week was spent trying to get to 10,000 hours. How long does that take? So I pulled out my calculator and I did some quick math and I found out that even if you were consistently doing 40 hours a week, every single week, not missing a single day or an hour, it would still take almost five years to become a master of that craft. Five years. And I think about how many things in my life I'm gonna spend 40 hours a week doing, I came to a quick realization that you may as well, which is we're probably going to become a master at a small handful of things our entire life. You know, I'm an ambitious dude. I'm very motivated. I'm always trying to be my best. But even though I know that there's only a few things that I'm going to have, The interest, the time, and the motivation to put in 10,000 hours, especially over the course of five years, some may take significantly longer. And I worry that a lot of people, rather than becoming a master and playing at an all-star level, rather than doing it on their strengths, they're spending that time doing it on their weaknesses or things that they don't like. And I think about how many hours you need to put in order to get better at it, let alone good, but just better at it. It concerns me that those hours are being put into the wrong thing, which is why I've been very loud about the idea of betting on your strengths and not worrying about your weakness. And I don't just mean this on a macro level. I also mean this on a micro level. You know, when I take a look at my career, I've been working in marketing for over 10 years and I've definitely been putting minimum 40 hours a week. So I like to think that I I reached a level of mastery in the world of marketing. Public speaking, I've been doing it for over 10 years. Not sure I've been doing it 40 hours a week, but 10 years is a pretty safe buffer. So I would say that I'm pretty close in that area as well but I'm nowhere close in the world of podcasting. You know, I need to sit down after this episode and do the math to see how many hours I've recorded, but I guarantee you I still have a long way to go because I'm not even close. And same with book writing. You know, I put out one book and I spent a lot of time, many, many hours on writing that book, but I assure you that I'm nowhere near in the level of mastery on writing books. I have a long way to go if that's a path that I choose to. But what I mean by the micro level is even as I was writing that book, I decided to spend all my time on my strength and not care about the weaknesses. So I spent all my time on the one thing that I knew how to do, which is tell a good story. And I spent all my time drafting out the best version of my story when I put Project Reinvention out there. But the things that I didn't care about is designing my book cover. I also didn't care about the registering my book so that it's available for purchase on Amazon and other online bookstores. I didn't care as much about, about the distribution. I simply cared about the marketing, the writing, and the storytelling. And that allowed me to get an Amazon bestseller book out there as a result of this unique approach that I'm taking, where I'm investing all my efforts and my energy in my strengths And rather than just completely ignoring the weakness, because I know those things are still a necessity, I just hired another professional to do it. And that's the other key. When you don't know how to do something, but you still need to do it, there's a lot of resources out there that will help you get to that finish line. There's a lot of people that are very passionate and extremely good at things that you're not good at. And the second you accept that, instead of trying to force You know, force yourself to become a jack of all trades, master of none. I would rather force my energy and my time into the things that I'm great at and look for other resources to help me with things that I'm not good at. And this is the beauty of barter. You know, whenever you enter a community, a great thing to ask yourself is, what can I provide the community rather than what you can take from your community? Because what you're gonna find is that in any community, you're surrounded by people that need something from each other, but also has something to offer. And that bartering will allow the community to win as a unit, rather than worrying about what you can get out of it or the fact that maybe you don't have enough to offer. You know, when I went down my book writing journey, I found myself joining many Facebook groups with tons of incredible authors out there. And The reason I joined that Facebook group is because I knew that I knew absolutely nothing about writing books. So the first day that I joined that Facebook group, rather than going in and asking people to help me, I thought about what can I offer What is the value? What is my strength that I've been betting on that I can provide this community? And I instantly got this light bulb above my head that made me realize that I can help this community with some incredible Facebook advertising to help them generate sales for their book, do a good job marketing their book, branding, all the things that I've spent all my time being a master at. So instead of going in there and asking people to help me publish a book, I decided to introduce myself by loading a video on the very first day that I joined that Facebook group, sharing all my best tips, literally going down the pipeline of showing my highest converting ad and putting it all out there And imagine my surprise when people came back and said, this is so helpful. This is so valuable for me. Is there anything that I can do to help you out as well? And I've created some incredible relationships that ended up with me finding some incredible individuals that helped me publish the book and do such a great job at it. So listeners, stop worrying about the things that you're not good at. Stop worrying about opinions from people that are not subject matter experts, the people who have no idea about what it is that you're doing or your industry. Start focusing on your strengths and please, please bet on yourself because the best bet that you can make is a bet on yourself because when you bet on yourself, you control the odds. Listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the Ride With Me podcast. I'm loving this part of the reboot. This is one thing that's been one hell of a ride for me and I can't wait to continue dropping many more episodes Monday after Monday and I hope you continue riding for the long ride. If you haven't already, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button because it would mean the world to me. Thank you and have a good day.